welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight to discuss a pair of road games for the Hounds, one with a win, one with a draw, an upcoming tilt against Loudon, or Loudown, with that weird U in it, and the fact that the Hounds uh, take a punch to the dance card that is the playoffs. Uh, good time to be a Hounds fan, not like there's ever a bad time. But go over that. Three people of varying degrees of coolness. First off, it's uh, Ariana back from vacation. What's good? Uh, doing good. Uh, back from vacation in North Carolina. Um, it was great. I got to ride out a hurricane uh, on the beach, uh, which was an experience, but um, it was fun. Uh, anytime. Any time at the beach is better than no time at the beach, so. That's nice. I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed my, my time there. We missed a couple of days because of the hurricane, you know, being able to spend it either in the sun or on the beach itself. But, um, yeah, it's great to just be, like, away from life for a week. That's the, uh, that's the whole vacation concept. The dream. Certainly got it. Uh, also with us, who spent past uh last weekend out in columbus uh devin devin man how you doing doing well although i'm in uh spotter land and fly hell over here Are you guys still killing them when you see them or how's that going for you guys i i was told mm-hmm. you should try to step on them from the front uh because mm-hmm. they they can only jump forwards so they'll hopefully jump into your into your shoe as you step on them, as opposed to try and jump wow. on from the from like from the back, and they they can jump. So they're like head. they're like kangaroos, like the, they can't they can only go one direction. They're unijumpers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even try anymore. Like I feel like we've lost the battle already. There's like mm-hmm. there's like eighty of them outside my window right now, and I'm demoralized. I've given up. Yeah, just just if you don't want to look I... stupid trying to chase after them, step on them from the front. That's the play. I heard uh, rubbing alcohol in a spray bottle uh, and just spray those, spray them down if you have like a whole bunch of them. Um, at least that's the trick I heard. And if you find like, uh, find their nests, just rubbing alcohol in a spray bottle and spray it down. Um, and that should kill them. At least better than trying to stomp on a whole bunch. But um, I did not hear the one about you know approaching from the front. They're kind of dumb though, so... Easy to kill, my opinion. Yeah, so <laughs> but there's person, just so many. Like you do that like little lunge step as they jump away from you, and you then you feel mm-hmm. obligated to chase after it, and then people are watching you. Yeah. <laughs> also here, uh, I love him. You love him. Everyone loves him. It's because he's a yak. What's good, my yak? Very tired today, so I hope everyone is ready for a very mid-level effort from me around these parts <laughs> tonight. Uh, I mean, it's what we, we've come to expect from you. At least, you know, tell us rolls, mm. right? I'm the best at mid-level efforts, I guess. Nice. Any, uh, any, any thoughts you want to share with the, uh, with the kids before we get started? You know, I, I know what you're asking, yeah. and I, I, I still don't know how to get to answer <laughs> it correctly. So, no, I'm just going to wait my turn and hope I find an opportunity somewhere else. All right. I respect that. Uh, we have to go back a little bit little ways here it's it's been a hot minute since we've we've gotten together and press the record button uh 
a pair of games, even with the weekend off, a pair of games we need to recap somewhat briefly. And that takes us back to uh, a, a week and a half ago now. Uh, Hounds in Hartford. Uh, up, up three, and then three, three, and then former Hartford, uh, CJ Ober, o- Oberjon, Oberon, I always feel like I'm not getting that one right, um, does, uh, an amazing thing and buries his, his former team, uh, back to the net, uh, chest it down, make a little shimmy move, uh, roof it, and, uh, Frodford, uh, gets nothing for their their 10 minutes of valiant effort um this was a while ago so no need to harp on it too much but the question i'll pose to the three of you and we'll start with uh we'll start with devin what was the more meaningful part of that game the 70 minutes that went really well or the 10 minutes that went to hell yeah that's a real tough question because <laughs> the 70 minutes were expected um the thing that really stood out to me with the other 30 minutes is the the third goal I believe, 30 goal minutes where Jamali ten, comes ten. out yes yes that's right <laughs> it's in the 80th minute yes. uh but yeah Jamali comes out he, he was aggressive and he missed the punch and he's done that a few times this year and it's really hard to criticize Jamali this year considering how well he's played overall oh I, we can and maybe that's again. just <laughs> well yeah i mean it's a miss punch he had he he's when he got, comes out aggressive like that i mean I'm, I'm thinking back to i think it was an el paso game where he came off his line and made a mistake like he's so solid but when he gets aggressive like that it does get a bit concerning and it so that that's was really he, that the was the one where he, he missed out. he misjudged the bounce in whatever yes. he said yeah and he just completely yeah so I don't know. That's that's the thing that stands out for me. I mean, it's still a win. So, but yeah, I don't know. That was a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm placing all three goals on Jamali. I think all three. He got. I don't know if he just turned off after being up three nil or what it was, but he he missed time jumps. Um, well, the first one he just he got caught in between. Do I do I stay back or do I come out? And then got stuck in in no man's land. Uh, he had the mistimed jump on the one, and I think the second one, I, I, I think he didn't. He, he jump into his own guy. It was friendly fire, and then he just didn't get up quickly, if I remember correctly. But I yeah, mean, and, he, I, and he missed the punch. Yeah, that's why I don't. I didn't want to put stuff on the like a bad team effort on that game because I I'm I'm pointing to one person, and he's been super solid this year. But for ten minutes, it. Um, it just wasn't there, and I, I, I just I couldn't look. You know, I I'm not there to point at the year ten guys. And be like, well, you know, what happened there? Because it, you know, he, I don't know, gets his head right, and, and times those things better. It's 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 a three nothing, four nothing game, or whatever it is. But one other point I will make uh, about this game is, of course, I mentioned uh, Matt Sheldon last time I was on, and he scores his first goal of the year against us. So, <laughs> of course, that happens. Did it end up on the YouTube? It did. It was the the first Hartford goal. Let's we'll check it out. Mm-hmm. See what his thousands of fans have to say about it. <laughs> Yak, what uh, what'd you take away from the game? The seventy of good or the ten of bad? I'm, I I want to lean more towards the seventy minutes were good because they really 
put a pounding on Hartford, and for those 70 minutes, like, they could not get anything going. And the three goals that occurred could all be pointed to individual mistakes. Um, like, uh, some, like, if, if, if the Lily defense is like a system of, of, of routine checks and that there's vault and each player is like some kind of parts inspector or something to make sure shitty parts don't keep coming down the line. Somehow before the ball went into the net, somebody fucked up majorly and let some shitty thing happen in the first and in the first and third goals. I think it was wait. The second one, I want to lay more blame on Ordonez because he kind of backs off the guy who cro- who sends in the cross from the corner. And he did so like he puts his hands up like by his by his face by his chest like, like oh, I didn't follow him like he was very concerned that he was going to get called for a yellow, but he wasn't on a yellow anyway. So like what's the big deal? He could have played aggressively, so he he lets the guy go by him pretty easily and even as shitty as Hartford is, you know, if you're going to give a pro player all the room and time to make a cross. He's going to pick somebody out, and he finds the guy who scores the second one on a bullet, and it's a great cross, and it's a great quick shot that should have never gotten there. All three goals were dumb and painful to watch, and somebody made a big bonehead mistake to allow all of them. The fact that they happened sequentially like that is preposterous, but I don't think it should... um, it's not it's not indicative of the whole scheme's defensive performance overall. So I want to try to focus more on how good the first 70 minutes look like defensively and offensively. Because, they, I mean, for stretches there, they were pinging that ball around, you know, quite uh, beautifully, I would say. For the first half hour or so, when we scored the first two goals, it looked like the ball was never leaving Hartford's final third. Like they, the offense was humming, and and Hartford couldn't clear the ball in any substantial way. It was just round after round of excellent offense from the Hounds. It, they were almost unfortunate to only have two goals after that point in time. Ariana, where are you following this? Uh, bigger, bigger takeaway: the the ten, eleven minutes of of badness or the 70 69 minutes of uh of goodness uh it's a hard question um i think that for i mean my brain looks more at the 10 minutes of bad um just because it is hartford bottom of the table um we definitely played to our opponents um which is pretty notorious, I think, um, for us. We've played often this year down to our opponents. Um, and this kind of was just, it definitely felt like everyone got stuck in that we're up, you know, 3-0, we're comfortable, we can just sit back, we can park the bus, and just got distracted and out of their heads. And that's not something that I ever want to, We, you know, anyone ever wants to see this far along in the season like those are rookie early season mistakes not not this far not being you know 28 games into the season almost done like that's just not mistakes that we need to be making so I think that 
I mean, obviously the good outweighs the bad for this, the 70 minutes of good versus the 10 minutes of bad, but those are mistakes that just need to be honed and need to be, I mean, it, it just, it's, it, they just wanted to give everyone a heart attack. Uh, I was watching, I was comfortable, and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, I, I'm just, I can't focus. I'm, you know, my brain is kind of like, what the heck just happened? Um, and then on top of that, for the our, our fourth goal to come seconds after their third, just, you know, it was a wild stretch of, of play. But um, I just, you know, who do you blame? Who do you this? Who do that? It's just, it's, this is definitely something that, you know, we can't, we can't be making these easy mistakes this this late in the season um did you watch last year yeah yeah (laughs) i just like like we're not we're not we can't we can't do that uh it's and i'm sure that you know everyone on the team feels that way i'm sure that everyone you know most people listening feel that way you just can't make that you can't drop these those and I mean, you know, we, we still got the win, which is well, good. Let me, but let me push the question that direction then. When that when it went three mm-hmm. three, and and snap snap answer, the score was three three. How many points did you think the Hounds were taking that game? One. Yak. I I Yak? Yeah. one. Devin. I thought zero. Honestly, I <laughs> it didn't feel like it was. It felt like another one was coming. I, I so it was it was big to have the. Quick I thought response. it was only zero. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. I think you watched the the absolute collapse they did late last year against I think the Red Bulls where they 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 lost after a two nothing lead. I think they did something similar with Miami last year. Uh, I, I'm trying to take this way to they had a really 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 bad ten minutes, but they. They pulled it out of the fire and, and took all three points, albeit against Hartford. But it was also on the road, which is, as we've learned, the Hounds mm-hmm. are not very comfortable playing on the road. But I'm trying to spin this as uh, adversity, adversity came up and they pulled their heads out of their ass and got three points. Because mm. uh, it's certainly not what they did last year. It is, it is pretty exceptional that they were able to turn around that quickly and to... Uh completely spur the hopes in a absolutely uniquely new way of all the hard it was a form of hard play uh, which is fucking beautiful heartbreak yeah an, an extra feather in the cap mm. uh so a couple days later and we as we found out this was a point of discussion last episode they did f- i didn't hear what day they flew but they did go f- directly from hartford to san antonio mm-hmm. it was the next day ah okay i did not hear that part to know so they got, I they got only got that from yeah i only got that from the fact that they were out in san antonio that like they were posting pictures from being out on the town and exploring in san antonio gotcha so so they get down there uh a much better team much more hostile environment and they grab the nil nil draw they uh, get out there with a point uh Devin and I were having a, a nice evening uh, out with some people uh, in Columbus, watching this game, watching the second half of this game on uh, on a phone with no sound. 
So I don't know how much we have to contribute to this, but I will I'll lead off with uh with you, Yak. What were your takeaways from uh Hounds nil, San Antonio nil? I forget how you phrased it, but you said we got the zero zero tie, and I think that's exactly all the hounds were hoping for. They showed up here hoping and, and acting like a zero zero tie is what their goal was, which is fine. And I was relatively pleased with how they defended. There were some scary moments, particularly as the game went along. I wish they could have found some way to create in any meaningful way, like the, like a lot of the offensive stats and expected goals and all that sort of jazz is looking real low from this game. Uh, So I just hope that uh, if the Hounds make a deep playoff run, that it's all at home because it's not looking like they want to play too hard on the road and uh, gun for three points. Ariana, similar thoughts or, or something different? Yeah. I mean, it was a game. I mean, that's kind of the easiest, best way I can can put it out there. It was just, it happened. Um, it didn't ever feel like the game was going to fold one way or the other. Um, you know, it, 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 it was a good example of what both top teams in, the, in their respective, you know, sides. It was a good showing from both sides. Um, if... This is what it comes down to. Um, a team, whether it's Riverhounds versus San Antonio or any other iteration of East versus West, if if the final comes down to a game like we saw, I wouldn't necessarily be mad about it, despite it being nil-nil, because that was some solid playing for each side. So if we can, as a league, put out, you know, teams that have, you know, solid performances on both sides, then I think that, you know, it come it just comes down to, you know, we we the USL plays the top teams in the USL play good soccer. Um so it really felt like this potentially is what we're going to see in the future. Um, you know, in the playoffs, but hopefully, you know, it, it, we can shift it up a little bit, but it definitely felt like we were. We can hold our own. You know, I, I thought well, it, going into it, we talked about, you know, the Hounds can't, don't like to play on the road. Um, but this definitely didn't feel like, it felt like we were definitely a little bit more comfortable than we have been in other games on the road. Again, watching on a cell phone without any sound, so I, mm. everyone can tell me I'm full of shit here, but it seemed like San Antonio was really uh, gassing up for that last 10, 15 minutes and made a push. And mm-hmm. even, I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were not playing for a point. They were playing for three. Mm-hmm. And the Hounds successfully, uh, Lily Ball defended well that they didn't get a, a terribly... Great look in that last fifteen minute fury. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, it's like if you can correctly defend an onslaught like that late and and still not uh, seem terribly troubled by it. So that I took away as a positive from the game. Yeah, um, but again, that's a team that wanted the that wanted to play soccer. And then I, I go back to that Orange County yeah. Hoffit hoof it up and 
get the bounce and like <sighs> I hope that's, also, that's not the like the, the the magic sauce to try to beat the hounds by just hoof it long and hope hope for a, a good deflection. They also wanted to play some hardball because it seemed like every foul San Antonio had, they were getting their money's worth and beating the shit out of the hounds. All three yellows I thought were like some really heavy yellows. Uh, I mean, they I played three days earlier. Why wouldn't you? Aggressive they are. Yeah. You're off for a week. They they flew directly from Hartford. I'd, I'd be trying to beat the hell out of them. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Now, I do have a question, sort of related, unrelated, uh, to pose to everyone. Um, if you were to see the opposing team in Pittsburgh out on the town the night before the game, are you going to accost them in public, um, or are you just going to let them be? How, if, oh, if, oh. if, I, I if Friday night we go out on the town and you see Loudon's players uh, at dinner or enjoying Pittsburgh down at the point, taking pictures, uh, what is your response to seeing the players out and about? What, where, where do you fall on this? And then I am directly referencing one moment, but... Oh, if maybe that that jabroni on Twitter who thought he was yeah cool. yeah yeah uh, I I did something I said something to the team the day before <laughs> ooh I'll, <laughs> I like the fall I'll be stay I'll, the fourth official be be, be be between me and them like yeah I, okay uh, I don't know I feel like the me eight nine ten years ago would have been willing to do something now I'm man they're they're off the clock I don't know. It's just like we see we see the opposing players like leaving the same all the time. I don't feel the need to give them hell. Like they they just took the loss. They can. I don't know. Maybe the younger me would be more aggressive about, but <laughs> unless it was a player that I like, I, I you know, it was Van Oak or something like that that I would really want to have a shot at. But uh, I don't know. And then would you say? I, I warned, quote, I warned them that I'll be yelling at them from behind the fourth official uh, area. <laughs> Furthermore, I, I would definitely not, I would not, be, I would not be running the Twitter to fucking tell everyone how, how not a badass I am. I would definitely not be doing that. I would say no such things because I've interacted with people before in my life and realized <laughs> that is just not how people interact. Um, if, it was, if it was a fluid situation, like... One of us is walking away or about to or whatever, like at the point, I will I will give them a hearty go hounds or something. If mm. I'm at a table at a restaurant or something and they're at the next table over, I'm not bothering them. I'm not saying anything until like at most one of us is leaving and I say go hounds or something. I'm not going to cost them or say fuck you or some shit. That's that's no nonsense. Yeah. I'm waiting for Devin to say that he would just accost everyone mercilessly. <laughs> no, completely agreed. I'm a very non-confrontational person. Although, Yost, what if it was uh, what if it was Harrisburg when they still existed? <laughs> I mean, I could, but like also that I was I was a, a bit younger and probably had a little more mm. a little more verve to it. But I don't know. I've definitely I've established kind of a you know you're off the clock, whatever. Just you know. Let him go. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm sure you. You could. You know. You could probably list off. You know. 
Yeah, if if I saw Nick Noble walking down the street, I'd probably be saying something to him. I, even right now. <laughs> but, you know, your standard USL opponent, no. I'd j- just no. One, I I probably wouldn't recognize them. Now, mind you, he probably didn't either, but they're probably they wearing were more team, than likely yeah, yeah, team out gear. and about in, in team gear. Um but I just I don't know if I I definitely maybe like Yak said, a go hounds, uh you know, good luck tomorrow with you know with a little cheek, but not. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm warning you. I'm behind uh, you. <laughs> when I'm in the stands, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a crazy man. <laughs> and, and then fucking run the Twitter and brag about it, you fucking dorks. Yeah. God. <laughs> I would I would brag, you know, to friends or maybe the Discord at most, but never never on socials. <laughs> <laughs> people man people <laughs> so something cool happened this past weekend I don't know if, if Yin saw but uh, the Hounds mm. are in the playoffs Woo-hoo. yay Woo-hoo. fucking A uh, by virtue of shit, never take it for granted damn straight mm-hmm. just anybody was around in like 2015 2016 don't uh, yeah don't don't take the good years for granted because the bad years can be really fucking bad um. Yeah, virtue of Indy kind of nicking a, a somewhat late win over the Miami, uh, that is uh, placed the Hounds officially into the playoffs. They sit at 51 points on 28 games played. The R team now officially uh, and permanently above the 2023 playoff line is Tampa Bay. They uh, also had a fairly late win. Because uh, I was getting ready to get the the Millhouse gift ready for that one, uh, but they they nicked all three points. They sit at fifty points, but they've played two fewer games, uh, so they are they are more or less in control of their uh, their own. I don't know, in control of your own destiny. If it's destiny, you're not in control of it, right? Uh, that's too deep for this podcast. You're, you're yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm getting at. Uh, so mm. the current standings. Housing first on 51. Tampa, two fewer games in a point back at 50. Uh, Charleston, uh, even with the Hounds on games played, they are two points back at 49 points. And, ooh, they were the lofty goals of a plus-two goal differential. <laughs> uh, Louisville, uh, 43 points. That starts your, uh, your home playoff line. Indy, the aforementioned Indy, on 41 points. Memphis, who are kind of dropping off like... Uh, like no one's business on 39 Birmingham and our team. that's kind of shit in the bed lately. 36 Tulsa with the somewhat surprising win against uh, San, San Antonio, San Antonio. Yes. That's what I thought they were 32 that knocks Detroit out of the playoff spot for the moment at 31 points. The Miami at 29. Um, that is upcoming opponent Loudon at 24 and the previously mentioned uh, Fraudford. 27 games played, 16 points accumulated. Because they fucking suck. <laughs> um, Devin, how, how are you feeling about all this right now? In terms of, yes, the Hounds are in first, but they don't have the maximum number, the, the highest uh, possible maximum point total that sits with Tampa. Uh, and then... Two points back right now, uh, even on games play, but two points back is Charleston. Uh, 
how are you feeling? Pretty good. I mean, the Hounds, they have less games left compared to Tampa. Uh, but the strength of schedule is a good bit easier for the Hounds. And also considering Tampa struggled to beat Hartford, who played a keeper who was in the fourth tier of Norway, and that's the only thing I could find <laughs> on him. Uh, we'll have to see how Tampa does the rest of the year when they play some actual teams. I mean, they just had that coaching change. So I don't know, maybe they're still kind of in that, the honeymoon period with him where they're, you know, still doing pretty good, but they might fall off. So uh, I guess Charleston's the one I would worry more about, but I don't know. I think, I think the hounds number one in the East is the most likely scenario right now. Let's, let's go through not every match, but just kind of highlights of, of what teams have left. Look at Tampa. They still have two games against uh, Memphis. Uh, two two games against Louisville. That's crazy. They have, there's two teams in the East they have not faced it all yet. Uh, the big old fixture on October 7th, 7th against the Hounds. And then on the mm-hmm. lighter side of things, a Loudon game, a Hartford game. Uh, and then one game still out with the West, and it is uh, San Antonio. We were coming up a lot in this, the conversation tonight. For the Hounds, you've got Loudon coming up, uh, the Miami. So it's one team not in the playoffs, two teams not in the playoffs. New Mexico, which I think is they're just on the playoff line. No, they're currently in 10th, so they are currently out of the playoffs. Uh, Tulsa, who just fell below the playoff line. That game against Tampa and then Detroit. So, as of now, the Hounds have one game remaining against teams currently above the playoff line in either the East or the West, which is kind of awesome. And then looking at the battery, they have uh, San Diego at home, Loudon, Tulsa, El Paso, Miami, Birmingham. So, they have two teams above the playoff line in San Diego and Birmingham right now. Yak, with all that in mind, what the? How are you feeling? Optimistic, pessimistic? Are they going to get really get houndsy with it? Pretty optimistic. If I got to choose a team to be, and you get you inherit their remaining schedule, but you also get their points situation, I think I'd rather be the Hounds. I think Tampa's schedule is going to get too congested, and there's too many good teams that have a have a chance to uh, to knock Tampa off a couple pegs before we see them in their place on October 7th. I think I'd rather be the Hounds out of any of those three teams. Ariana, how you feeling? Uh, I'm inclined to agree. Um, we've talked before about the, the breakdown of teams that we are seeing in the future. And I think that I'm more comfortable with where we sit. Um, like you said, we had, you know, the summer of Hounds, so we had games back to back to back. Um, while we, while we didn't necessarily show, I think too much fatigue with that, um, we're more elite than some other teams in the league. And I don't know if how Tampa will play with, like Yak said, that congested, congested schedule for the last, uh, little bit. So, um, I think I would be more comfortable with us, um, and, and how we're, Playing, I feel like Tampa might might drop a couple 
um, of presumably easy ones, um, just based on their, you know, travel and movement and turnaround in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and speaking of of Tampa, they had the game this past weekend. Uh, they were hosting Hartford, which mm-hmm. you would think would be a, a pretty uh, lopsided affair to begin with. And then things got a little goofy uh, about a day before. Rumors are uh, a fan group, uh, like the like a almost almost like the uh, the Hartford like fan podcast. So like the if if we were in the in the news breaking business, which we are not. Um, their their version of us or of, of Mongols uh, leaked a little story that uh, Hartford had uh, a case of the Rona going around, and we're gonna have a bunch of players mm-hmm. missing, including both goalies. Um, and then that story was confirmed by the team. They put out a statement, I think, the next day, um, basically. Confirming a bunch of first-team players had COVID and that they wanted the game rescheduled and Tampa wasn't down with the reschedule and, and the league wasn't helping with the reschedule and they weren't very happy about it, but it is what it is. And da 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 uh, And they go down to Tampa and they do lose, but they were leading for a, a good while. Mm. And so that was getting very interesting, uh, both on the... This is good for the for the hounds aspect, and also the a lot of people put a lot of money on Tampa based on uh, the news that had come out, and that was getting interesting. But uh, yeah, what what is your takeaway from this game not getting rescheduled, which is clearly what Hartford wanted? Keeping in mind we're on the the business end of the season. Tampa, as we've discussed, they're already two games behind most of the league, so they they're are down to playing after this past weekend. Um, they're down to playing eight games in six weeks, I believe, is what the, is where they sit at now. As opposed to you know Hartford kind of having not kind of but having a lot of their starters and both their their keepers uh, forced out due to COVID. Um, I feel for Hartford. I understand their gripe. And I think they have at least a reason to be whiny and not to be too uh, um, judged for it. Um, but I, it has been consistent with the league, for better or worse, for the last three incidents that I can come up with um, where a team seems to be heavily affected by COVID, that the league looks at as a LOL, that sounds like a you problem. Um, I think it's pretty reflective of like kind of how most of society is approaching it as a whole is just like you know if you have covid but the other team doesn't like that's not really on them they don't have any obligation to kind of meet you halfway and it's including the fact that tampa's in the playoff rush hartford's not tampa already Mm -hmm. has a congested enough schedule and don't want to make it worse you know, it, I'm I'm not surprised. This is the way it's going down. Uh, 2021, obviously, the Hounds playoff game was completely canceled because of COVID. In 2022, Phoenix brought like the D team full of a bunch of kids playing their first professional game ever against New Mexico and got whacked by six or seven goals because they were heavily affected by COVID. That's just the way league policy is right now. 
Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. I think that's the thing I was going to bring up was this has been a f- as best we can tell without a statement from the league. This has been consistently, um, I don't know if adjudicate is the right word, but handled in terms of of how the game is is played or not played. I and I totally get why Tampa doesn't want to reschedule, as you mentioned. I mean, the, yes, they'll gladly uh, take a, a weekend uh, side at home, and they will certainly not want to be have their schedule congested by one more game in one less week. So they have no benefit or incentive to hold this game off. Um, and I kind of go back and forth on this. Uh, not to take this conversation down a different path, but... We all really, really like celebrate that Michael Jordan flu game, don't we? Like, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, you know, if if that happened now, would we treat it the same way? I was not expecting this to go this direction. <laughs> that's I know, but like, I, that's where I can, like I don't even know if that's terribly relevant because you know, COVID is not the flu, and we've heard that you know that dumb argument forever. But it's, I mean, like we celebrate that that get out there and play through it thing when it comes to that. And then, and then this is, you know, uh, hyper, um, cautious with, it's just, I, I just, I don't know if there's a good answer to it. And I, for lack of a, of a better thought, if the policy's established and enough teams agreed to it, that they, that's what they kind of, they're voted on policy on how to handle these things. You know, shit, man. The Hounds had a, a, a playoff game canceled because of it. Like, I, I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. going to be the most uh, sympathetic ear to, to hear your complaint. Devin, uh, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, I definitely understand the league having the game go on. Like, maybe if it was early in the season, Tampa would be a little more lenient. But to try to move a game into their already congested schedule towards the end like it makes sense that tampa wouldn't want to move it and again it is hartford and the fact that <laughs> they almost still ended up with a draw on this one is, is God, pretty that, would that not have been the funniest thing ever that would have to be one of the bigger upsets in usl history if that but hartford is fucking held. hartford's hartford doesn't matter who wears the shirt man they're hard i mean uh, the fact that hartford held on that long I think is just as embarrassing for Tampa. As yeah, they it, only had three subs on the bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hartford, everyone expected a blowout win. Everyone expected the 7-0 win. You know, ever, if you went on, yep. I was, you know, I was on the sports books beforehand looking at the odds. And, and I want to say the odds for the scoreline that happened was like plus 1200 like no one thought that hartford was gonna one hold their own or two even score a goal so the fact that hartford could hold their own for as long as they did is something that i think looks worse on tampa than it does on hartford and i don't think that's how anyone would have thought the end of this game was going to end up you know in people's minds in my mind tampa looked like absolute trash playing against a you know bcd team of hartford where most of their starters are out their goalkeeper signed 
24 hours before the game was even played. Like, it's just... And it wasn't like you can say Tampa played down to their opponent because no one knew about this until, what, a day or two before the the game actually happened. So Tampa would have been prepping for Hartford's team. Now, mind you, that is Hartford last in place team. But for the scoreline to be what it was, just it blew my mind. And, and yeah, I think that us going to play Tampa in the in the coming future, um, I think this game will sit more in my head than any other game for Tampa, just because of how embarrassing that performance was alone for them. Yeah, like, I mean, I felt a lot better about the Hounds' chances after watching that than, uh, <laughs> than before. That was embarrassing for them. I just, yeah. Yeah, the sports book I was looking at didn't have Hartford scoring more than two. The the odds didn't go higher than Hartford putting two, uh, and that was two one was the final in Hartford's favor. Mind, and then on the other side, Tampa they had them listed all the way down to five to zero or six to zero, and and it just, it just blows my mind. So yeah, <laughs> I mean this is a conversation I've I've had well in the past in terms of of inefficiencies in the in the usl sports betting marketplace but when that first report came out from the from the podcast people before the team confirmed it uh i checked started checking the books and the one place i looked at and i wasn't terribly concerned about the to win line i I started looking at at the tampa uh goals line a lot Mm. Uh, when the news first broke tampa over two and a half goals was at plus 105. I'm like, okay, that's not bad. Um, mm. Two two hours later, so this this information, still not confirmed by the team, but this information had been out there. The line had moved in, somehow, had moved in Hartford's favor. It turned from Tampa two and a half goals to, at plus 105 to plus 125. And I like <laughs> I started salivating a little bit. Um, now then after the team news came out some hours later, then the line was, the market caught up to, to the actual news and, and it went crazy. But, um, it just, I, I jaw hit the floor, but, um, Mind yeah, Pour one out I to the it. old, uh, Wednesday night bet segment. RIP. Um, <laughs> Speaking of RIP, look at this transition. San Diego, they're going tits up. Wow, segues are weird. Yeah. Wow, wow. Hey. <laughs> Just give me a chance, I'll, I'll take it. Damn, that's cold. <sighs> I didn't do it to him. No. Uh, no. Uh, I, a lot to break down this. I, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you, you, you've heard by now, uh, after four seasons, San Diego Loyal are closing up shop. Uh, they are citing a a lack of a short-term or long-term stadium viability plan. Uh, I mean, that almost certainly, uh, to a certain degree, deals with uh, an MLS franchise moving into town in a couple years. Um, everyone's had their hot takes on this. Uh, either of you three want to throw out something that the uh, thoughts on it? I don't, you know. 
I think this is embarrassing to the USL because in my mind, the MLS caused this and I, I would have hoped that the USL would have more of a backbone against the MLS in America to have been able at least to help sustain this or change the outcome in some other way. So I 100% blame the league for dropping the ball on San Diego. And I think that that's an embarrassment for the league nationwide. Internationally, that's an embarrassment to the league, in my opinion. Okay, so you're you're putting the blame on USL. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Anyone else going? I mean, I'm sure there's enough blame that can be passed around to multiple groups, but you're putting the the bulk of the blame is you're putting on USL. Yes. Yes. Uh, anyone else taking the same approach? I I don't. I'm not sure what you would want the league to do here. Um, the loyal were paying a lot of rent to wherever they're staying right now and they couldn't find any other place mostly because I think MLS was basically blocking every other place or had made it known that you shouldn't do business with the loyal in XYZ's ways and they were never going to be like anywhere close to being in the black so to speak I don't know how the league can fix that so who, who do you place in blame on? MLS okay Devin, you want to throw your hat in this in this silly game of who's the blame, who's most to blame? Absolutely, absolutely agree with Yak, one hundred percent on the MLS. Uh, and on top of that, they go ahead and put out a tweet and dance on their grave and say, <laughs> "Hey, by the way, <laughs> we exist." <laughs> and yeah, I mean, just sad all around. Expected, but sad. But yeah, completely blame the MLS on this one. Can I? Th- can I? Uh, you have to the- think that. Oh, yeah, go on. You, I was going to say, you have to think they would probably still be around if if the MLS goes to Vegas instead of San Diego. You have to think the Loyal would find a way to get a stadium deal done somewhere in San Diego. And Vegas would stop to would, would no longer exist. Uh, oh, yeah, Las absolutely. Vegas lights would no longer exist. I mean, they might not exist on their own at this point, but whatever. I, can I blame U.S. soccer? Mm. That, yeah, that's exactly also, yes. Because that's where my angst, annoyance with all this sits. And the base of that comes, and this this might get a little rambly, but here we go. Um, U.S. soccer seems to have no interest in actually regulating professional soccer in the United States. They seem to be as hands-off about this stuff as humanly possible. And so when that happens, all these leagues are fending for themselves. And so naturally, they're going to do what's in best interest of their league, not soccer in the United States as a whole. And so, yes, MLS has a lot of incentives of moving in the USL marketplaces and squeezing those teams out. You know, the old Walmart approach. It's why US, it's why MLS basically did the exact same thing in Chattanooga, or have tried to. Uh, it's just the same idea on a smaller scale. Um, it, and if the, the, the organization in charge of regulating soccer in this country seems to want to do nothing besides promote uh, their pro team, or their, their national teams, 
um, run a half-assed uh, National Cup tournament, and then for the most part just stay the fuck out of it, this is what's going to happen. The leagues are going to do what's in their best interest, and the the governing body is just kind of washing their hands of all of it as as the leagues underneath them just kneecap each other. And I don't know how sustainable that is for soccer in this country. I mean, if you're MLS, you like it because you have the you know, if if we're just going to have a uh, league on league warfare, well, they have the biggest artillery and they have the the most supplies, so of course it's going to be good for them. But it's not going to be good for anyone else. You know, in terms of of the heartfelt you know kind of explanation video from the owner of of the loyal, that seemed a little disingenuous to me. I mean, in any situation. You dump as much money as him and his investors have thrown into a team and they uh, fold shop in four years, you've failed. you a failed owner. Um, and there's no way around that. And this, you know, I, I don't want to keep this going if it's not the, if not the quality you expect. Basically trying to head off the whole why we wouldn't go to League One argument, and that's how I read that, seemed a little disingenuous. Um you know, at best, you you failed to read the the marketplace you, you want to be in, and um, I mean, you had to know that MLS was going to come knocking to that type of place eventually, and they had no real plan. Um, and then people kind of want to shit on USL when they put out their statement about all this, because at the end, um, the one Papadakis guy um, who kind of who owns the league. Uh, put out a statement uh, basically saying, you know, having a viable stadium is essential to to making the operations work. And people kind of want, want to dump on that. But he's absolutely right. It wasn't the right time to say it. But he's absolutely right. You know, if you don't if you don't have your own stadium, uh, you're at you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed for anyone. Look at Orange County last year. Look at what's going to happen to San Diego. Uh, I know the lease is coming up at in Detroit here in in a, in a year or two. There's nothing guaranteed there. Uh, the own the uh, voters in New Mexico keep rejecting their uh, you know public private partnership plans. Uh, the the plan in Memphis seems to be stalled out because that money might get diverted to other stadia in the state. Uh, so nothing's guaranteed. So he's absolutely right when he says that having your own stadium is. is a necessary component to make this thing work in the long term. Shouldn't have said it then, but he did. Um, you know, but to get back to it, it, all these leagues are going to do what they need to do in their best interest uh, to survive. And as long as U.S. soccer does fuck all about it, this is going to continue to happen. And the fact that no one is that I've ever seen has posed the question publicly to Cindy Parlacone or anyone in the higher-ups above U.S. soccer about about the soccer wars and their their non-response to it is uh, a disservice. So I'd, I'd like to see uh, some statement on behalf of U.S. soccer when these things happen. Um, I mean, they're always there when when the good thing, you know, the, the new places, you know, crop up and the su- success stories happen. Uh, but they're mysteriously absent uh, when another professional team in this country folds up shop and it happens every fucking year. And they sit on their hands. 
and I think it's bullshit. Pro soccer is operating in this country the way it is meant to operate, which is an indictment on how it's going. Yep. I mean, I feel like that's not the thing you're, you're supposed to say because you're supposed to be very sympathetic towards uh, San Diego and and that. Can I, I, in a side, I hate the phrase the city slash the fans slash the town deserve a pro soccer team where they... They deserve the. They deserve to have the loyal. No one, you, you, everyone deserves what you get. And I, I fucking hate that justification for you know that city X, uh, you know that doesn't have a pro team. Well, they deserve a team. Then, then fucking make it happen. I don't know. I just, it's a lazy discussion. That whole part of it. Um, am I? Am I? I'm not happy for the fans in San Diego. Although I'm sure a good number of them who are all, you know, uh, you know, wagging their fists right now will have their fucking San Diego, you know, FC season tickets in two years. You know, they're right, right, probably are on, on the waiting list for it. Um, so you know, their their pleas aren't aren't that sincere. But I don't know. I just something has to change. And it's not going to change by way of MLS or USL, but something has to change. Anyone else want to take that over, or do I have to keep talking here? Um, my fear is that I don't think it's going to change. Um, I, the, the USL needs to be um, very aggressive moving forward because if you note what markets MLS wants to go after next, it is something like Vegas, Detroit, Sacramento, Phoenix. I might be missing one or two, but uh, no, you, you, you'll you know. Route, yeah, that's pretty much the list right now. A uh, USL team is all, and in all of them, there is a pro team in all of those cities, and MLS would love nothing more than to kill the team that is in there once they put an MLS team in that city. Yeah, so I, don't, I mean, I don't know what the answer is in terms of, of the response from USL. Um, it, to me, begs the difference with... Why did this happen the way it happened in San Diego versus there are two Miami teams? It, it, there's a Miami team in each league. How did that survive? I would not the call what the Miami is doing survival. Yeah, they're, they're dumping money in there for no <laughs> reason. Ricardo Silva, and I respect the hell of this man, uh, is just dumping money in, in the name of spite. So he- how can they exist, coexist the way they exist? And it has failed in every other iteration. I mean, that's that, just the one that I because that man does not. That man is gladly burning money just just to stick it to U.S. <laughs> soccer and MLS. Is and also to be fair, is he part Miami, of the ASL lawsuit? Sorry to cut you off, Devin. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes, he uh, uh, he was a part of that. I don't know if if he's still with that when uh, the Miami was part of NASL. He might still have a, a hand in that. Um, so you have Silva down in Miami, and you have. Uh, Oh, what's his name with the uh, with Rock the Cosmos? Cosmos. Yeah, Rocco, Rocco with the Cosmos. I think they're the two, and there was, I think, some other club team down in Florida that was involved with that too. But yeah, I, the the Silva the Miami thing that is that's such a unique state because that is a man who just does not give a shit about losing money on the deal. He is, 
the man is being petty. Not even petty, but he's he's staying on principle and it will spend as much money as he wants uh, in that objective. And then, you know, Loudon in DC just existing because they're, I mean, existing because they're in some sort of different areas. I mean, Loudon was baby DC at one point. So I'll be curious how, long that, me... how that plays out in three to five years. I would put yeah, that in the basket of remains to be seen how that goes. It, it just makes me wonder how, like, there are theoretically some markets in the United States where a USL team is coexisting with an MLS team and how some of them are either allowed to happen or sustained in a certain way versus others. Um, just... Will be interesting for me to see. Um, even if we just talked about a, a North Carolina team joining um, the USL, if I'm not mistaken, um, how will that play out with Charlotte FC, which is in the the MLS? I mean, well, they so are technically in different. You, you've got Charlotte markets, and League but, One. Um, yeah. So how do those markets coexist? <laughs> so uh, in a way differently than others it just i don't know how true this is someone threw it out there that they this the city or this county or someone paid for the renovations to that stadium and so they're like obligated to at least operate in there for x number of of years Mm. but then they're also getting like concert revenue out of that stadium and and things like that so Mm. again it's it's revenue streams other than just sports which goes back to the having your own stadium concept. What team is this? I'm sorry. Uh, is this the Independence. Lou- okay. How they can still survive in Charlotte right now. Got it. But yeah, I don't know. I. I, I it's, just, it's just a, for me a unique difference between what is happening with San Diego versus what is happening with. Miami or or Loudon or what will happen with Charlotte or or whatever you choose you know you're you, it's just it's a strange juxtaposition between the two situations as they're happening um you know the the how each situation has played out um in US soccer as a whole or in USL versus MLS um just that difference um and how it's, you know, I feel like, you know, San Diego's story is much different than what we've seen, but it's also similar to what we've seen. So I just, I don't know where, where the breakdown sits between, you know, if MLS decides they want a team in Pittsburgh, how, how are we going to fold on that? Are we, you know, what line are we going to go on? Are we going to follow San Diego line and just cease to exist? Or because we have our own stadium and because, you know, I think will we follow Miami? Is, yeah, having will your own follow, stadium like, makes a difference. I, I, to just, what the great knows, but yeah, just you know where where that line sits in my head is just I, I, it's an interesting concept for me to see how this will play out in the future. Yeah, I, I for all the for all the digital ink that's been spilled on this, I think U.S. soccer mm. gets way too much of a pass, and that, that kind of annoys me. Um, but say la vie. Uh, mm. in, my, in my zeal to, to do a nice dead 
uh, transition from uh, whatever it was we're talking about with Hartford into San Diego. I skipped the other fun fun thing we could discuss. Uh, just some months ago, Memphis described the signing of Bill Amid as the most important day in the in the club's history, and they've already dropped that guy. He lasted like half a season. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin, any, any thoughts on the 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 tenure of Bill Hamid in Memphis? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. To be fair, the when he first got there, it felt like they they kind of righted the goaltending situation there, but that very quickly went stale, and he was not <laughs> not good at all. Um, they signed him right after yeah. uh, uh, Chico put three past them. Yes, yes, and that was very much needed for Memphis, and I think that did turn them around a little bit. They went on a bit of a run, but, oh, yeah, that that went stale very quickly. And then the word got out, like, you know, part of his contract with Memphis is that he they would he would be uh, able to, he he got the Lily the Lily deal if if there was an MLS team that came calling they would they would let him go, um, except I, dude got puffy. Dude got so puffy. I, I don't I just I don't get it. Like when when Tim Howard, you know, other famous uh, goalkeeper who, who didn't do much in in Memphis, when he signed his buddy Bill, did like did they sign the contract face to face or when he showed up the first day were they also surprised? I I don't know, but. Uh, a bad look when the most important day of your club's history lasts uh, half a season. Not great. Uh, Yak, any any nice thoughts on on Bill Hamid? Uh, not on not specifically, but you can chalk up that statement right next to the one about how Memphis feels that their uh, home field Auto Zone Park is, is an intimidating place to play. Yes. Do you see their stadium last home game? I've seen it. Yes. Yeah, worst yeah. conditions it had ever been in, and it's a low bar to begin with. That was Slugger Slugger Stadium esque right there. I think even Slugger would be blushing a bit, possibly. Oh well. Uh, back to the back to the Hounds. Uh, they have a game coming up this this Saturday, and they're finally back at home after mm-hmm. after been a couple weeks. Hounds hosting Lao Din, as we discussed before. They are. Uh, second from the bottom, way above the the lonesome and lowly uh, Hartford on Athletic. I don't know what much there's to say about them. Uh, we discussed uh, before we started recording. Our boy, former Hound Ty Williamson, he's popped in a couple goals. Uh, they just recently signed uh, Phil Neville's kid from Inner Miami on loan. Uh, so they have Ben Techie's brother. They have Phil Neville's kid. Uh, they are quickly becoming the uh, USL club of choice for uh, relatives of more famous soccer players and more famous <laughs> soccer personalities. So that's kind of fun. Yak, what are you looking forward to in this one? A quick and decisive win, much like they had against Hartford uh, on that rain delay game. Just, just show up and get your ass whooped and go home. If you're uh, if you're looking for more in detail stuff, uh, unfortunately, I still haven't been able to load the USL website this entire podcast, <laughs> so I got nothing to show for it. So uh, watch out for everybody. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, 
Ariana, any any <laughs> any more great insights than that? Um, I do actually. Um, less so to Loudon, uh, more so to us. So if if Devin had any Loudon perspectives, uh, we can move to him. But um, we will be down two players. Um, That's correct for this. Uh, Jamali getting the call up again, and uh, DZ getting the call up for his home nation of Liberia. Um, Were, was anyone aware that he was attached to Liberia? I had no idea. I no, I knew that was his hometown. Um, he's from Monrovia, if I'm not mistaken, um, the capital city of Liberia. Um, but that's about all I knew. Uh, um, so yeah, I did not realize he was a national. Yeah, does he have he a previous call up with him? Because I never heard of that. Or in Wikipedia, um, no, he does not. Oh, so this kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, good for him. Um, I mean, he hasn't put down any minutes for us since I have it pulled up here. Um, the loss at uh, or with uh, at Charleston. Um, the that was the last game he's put in. Um, Minutes four and oh, uh, I guess he was a sub two games later. Um, but he was a starter in, in the, the Charleston game, played the full 90. Um, so I don't know if necessarily that's as big of a hit as the other um, international call up that we have, which would be Jamali Waite. Um, which leads me to my big question that I asked before that I will ask again now. Um, who, in your opinion, uh, gets the nod for the starter um, for this upcoming game against Loudon? Do you go with Garner, who has been a pretty substantial sub most of the season, but has not put in any minutes since Open Cup game against uh, Maryland? Or uh, is it Jonathan Gomes starting? Um, who has put in minutes with one of our lower um, academy teams? Um, who has he's actually seen minutes recently versus uh, Garner's non-minutes since Open Cup? Where, 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 do, where do we? Who do we start? I mean, oh, yeah. having seen either of these people play in a while, I my before we hit record, you, you posed this question, and I said I don't have a fucking clue. Uh, most of the benchments lately have, have gone to Garner, so I w- I'd assume he gets the nod. But, I mean, mm. I wouldn't be shocked one way or the other. Mm. I, I would also tend to think that if, if he's the guy that's been on the bench, he's the backup in case something happens to wait during game, it's going to be Garner, even if it risks his 69% forward pass rate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think Lily's the only one who who knows who's starting this game. But yeah, I probably lean slightly towards Garner, mm. based on only that fact. Yeah. Would anyone be Would anyone uh, be totally shocked if, you know, uh, <laughs> Luis Zamidio was quickly signed on Thursday or something like that? <laughs> What's he up to? I, I'd be a little shocked. I mean, that's that's pretty unusual to have a, a loan twice in one year. <laughs> non-consecutive uh back back in the like the usl two days like seven years ago we'd have guys come up 
every other week, just depending on what the pro the MLS side was doing. No, let's let's go let's go back to that for this one particular scenario. <laughs> I I to point out on the Instagrams, I noticed that Louise uh, uh, made a, a like a like and a congratulations on the Hounds playoff clinching post. So he's he, he's keeping notes. Mm-hmm. 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 He is. Uh, he just posted um, a, a picture on his story tagging Lynx and Blackstock. Um, so he's still got. He, I think he bonded really well with the team. Um, and I think. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think I would have to. I would laugh a lot. Uh, seeing the news, you know, come across that we have signed uh, Luis Mudio for a one-day car, you know, one-game contract. Um, I, think, I think the minimum we could do is twenty-five days now. So, um, and I, 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 mean, I didn't look when the roster freezes. Do they see? Is there even a hope right now? Like, um, they just signed uh, Memphis. Just signed that guy, so maybe I just I didn't see when the freeze maybe. comes in. Because theoretically, we were talking about this as well before. Is that there is another game where later on. Where we might lose. Uh, yeah, the Detroit game. Yep, last but, yeah, game of the year. Yeah, Jamali, the last game of the year. Um, which, if that's within the twenty-five days, do they sign Luis and then he becomes the de facto backup oh, for that's, Jamali? That's, out, that's outside so... of a twenty-five-day window. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like a little. It's close yeah. to thirty-five days. Hmm. So I, I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. In all honesty, uh, this team has uh, done quite a few things uh, that have have surprised me. So I can't can't be surprised anymore. Um, but that that would be yeah. <laughs> Luis could come back. I mean, he, he That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. I I could also see Luis have make it making he made an impact enough on the team that. If the three keepers that we have this year do not stay with us in the off season, I could see, and I would be happy with a signing from Luis to the Riverhound. Luis in the Zemidio, 2024 Riverhound. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm on board. Uh, we did it with uh, Kiza. He was on loan last year, and now he's on board. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm here for it. All right, I like it. Be good. Yeah. <laughs> have everyone's acknowledged that these two guys have been uh, called up? Like, you would think they would have a congratulatory tweet of some sort. Um. The, oh yeah, Hounds didn't put one out, did they? I don't or think did, so. Did uh, did everyone get without a game this past weekend? Did did the mm-hmm. everyone get a week off? Everyone, everyone in the office got a week off. Too. Yeah. Gear up. For yeah. The Looks like the last couple of tweets have been. Um, just us clinching September games in general. The fact that they're going to push their white summer gold jerseys after Labor Day. Uh, so law things that could have been scheduled ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. them practicing last week. So after after they came back from vacation. Yeah, a bunch of they went to the Jersey. I don't know. Bunch of them went to Jersey. It's a questionable vacation I, destination, but. I concur. Yeah. Um, but I will say the goalkeeper in most of these videos that they posted, now that I'm looking back on them, is Garner. So we'll see. Okay. Get, he's getting some reps in. Devin. 
Any thoughts on Loudon? Just win this back round to where we started. <laughs> yeah. Um, only thing with the lineup, uh, they do have that local Pittsburgh kid that I would imagine probably gets the start this time, being at high mark. That Dane Jackman, Jackman, whatever his name is. Yes. So might see him. So there'll be some Loudon um, fans in attendance. <laughs> there, there may be a few, two or three. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I yeah, it's got to be a win. Um, get him back. If his last name is Jackman, so. and there's multiple of them there, are they the Jackman? <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. Yeah, that was, that was bad. That was really bad. It was not nice. <laughs> I got one laugh out of it. Sorry, go on. No, that's really... I, I don't really have anything else to say about Latin. Yep, derailed that whole uh, thing. There we go. They're not great. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, they have... Oh, wait. Now I have to check. On on Fat Mom, they have five keepers listed. I thought R3 was a lot. Well, you know, you should have... You should probably have more than two in case they both get uh, Rona, Hartford. This is true. Uh, then you have to get some guy from the fourth... Have... fourth what do you say, like Norwegian? League Fourth tier of Norway, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, they, they only had one game listed for him that one he played game, for them. Yeah. So. <laughs> so he you wasn't know, even their starter. But you oh, know what? Have two. He got a 25-day contract. Rona is a job creator. Oh. Because <laughs> they, they had that other guy uh, that it was on a 25-day contract. It expired like 10 days ago, and they had to sign him to another one out, you know, out of necessity, so... Uh, it looks like Dane uh, Jackoman is, in fact, a keeper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. So he, yes. he is one of two that they have. Um, so, so Fatmob is incorrect on that. But um, they, I'm t- everyone's, everyone's now realizing their mistake. Only signing two keepers after we see that you should have three signed, just in case, or you know, four. We've had four. Four keepers signed at one point this year, so. No, because Bob that's had that a couple years ago where he had two, and it, it, it got dicey, and he learned his lesson, and he's, he's gone with three ever since. I think at this point. He's gone with three, but he, he brings in the loan and doesn't use the other two. <laughs> but the, the body is in is in town, getting the reps, getting the getting the game plan. Whatever that, whatever that was that 20... What year was that? He had two, and he had the. They got dicey there for all. I can't remember now, but yeah, I think we're at a point now. You you gotta have three. Mm. But oh well. Wow, they only have three forwards signed. They got issues. What can I say? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, we took like a we took a week off there. We're gonna we're gonna do a sub. Uh, Sub hour and a half episode. It's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. We will have to see. Uh, not sure we'll get the get around to this next episode. It'll be sometime. Well, not this week, but next week. But we'll we'll start working on that. Uh, closing this thing out. Uh, Dev, I'll start with you. Uh, any anything you learned tonight? Anything you want to share uh, with the audience? Mm. I have nothing learned, nothing shared. <laughs> Beautiful. Ariana, same same question to you. 
Um. No. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything no. uh, you want to share? Uh, some some insights. Some some seemingly random some facts. numbers. Yeah. Um, did you know that the Hounds have scored 43 goals in all competitions this year? 69% of them have been done by their right foot. Ooh. Okay. I did not know that. That is a fun nice. fact. Yeah, it is nice. Nice, yeah. Anything, anything else? Uh, the Hounds have played 16 home games in all competitions. They have a clean mm. sheet in 69% of them. Oh, that's also nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Any other, any other uh, nice facts you got there for us? Wow. Knocking it out of the park here. Albert Dequa has two yellow cards on 29 mm -hmm. fouls. That is 6.9% of his fouls earning a caution. Oh. I mean, that's not so nice, but it's kind of wow. nice. Nice. Yeah. Can you keep, can you keep this going? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Keep, yeah. Go for it. The Riverhounds have a plus nine goal differential with Eddie Kiza on the field or a plus 0.69 per 90 minutes. Oh, nice. very nice. That's very nice, yeah. Nice. The Hounds have scored 69% of their goals in the final hour of games. Nice. Is that nice? <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> Oh man! I guess it is. It's so it's yeah. so particularly neutral. You can't tell if they're a first half or second half team. With it. Yeah, in the yeah. first hour of game. <laughs> last hour, final hour. Oh, last, last final hour, hour, last hour. I, mean, I guess I don't even know how you so... pulled that one. <laughs> Had to be hard to find. <laughs> Louisville <laughs> City has scored uh, twenty three points at home this year, which isn't bad, but it's sixty nine percent less than the Hounds' thirty three points at home this year. Now oh, that is nice. That's real yeah. nice. Uh, Junior Eto has 21 matches or an average of 69 minutes per match. I misspoke. 1,440 minutes or about 69 minutes per match. That makes a lot more sense. Wow. Nice. That's with uh, a broken arm, so it could have been even more nice than that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. It was nice. I'm glad we did that. It was good. But uh, we'll close this bad boy up on, on such a high note there. Yeah. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced well weekly at bghun.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghstillarmy at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Devin, Yak, and Ariana, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.